And now for your Tantoc Tampa Bay weather. Currently in clear water, 87 degrees and mostly cloudy. In Dade City, 84 degrees and partly cloudy. And in Zephyr Hills, 89 degrees and partly cloudy. Listen online at Tantoc1340.com. At 7, we got Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And at 8, we got the original Gospel Explosion. Here on the stations of the Tantoc Radio Network. I don't think it's a truck at all. I think we just found a transformer. This is Optimus Primer Button, leader of the auto part junkies. And I'm calling on all auto parts junkies to listen to nostalgic radio and cars every Tuesday at 7 p.m. here on Tan Talk. This is Optimus Primer Button. If you don't tune in, it will be the end of the world. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Today we're smashing stuff. We're at the junkyard and we're going to crush a car. Today we're in one of my very favorite places. Well, actually we're in the engine bay of a Slant 6 Plymouth Valiant, which is one of my least favorite places. The bigger picture is that we're at the junkyard and anybody who's got a classic car has spent some time at a junkyard. Today we're going to get to see what goes on behind the scenes, the stuff you don't ever get to see. We're at U-Pick Parts in Sun Valley, California. It's part of Adlin Brothers Auto Wrecking and they're going to show us the entire process of turning a junk car into parts that can be recycled into a new car. Once a car has all its paperwork clear and is officially off the books as a viable automobile. It goes to a sort of waiting room where they drain a lot of the fluids and get the car prepped to go to the self-service yards. So what's yes. the first thing that we need to do? Anything that we can get on the top of the engine, we manually do here with our workers, come and take various fluids out from the top. And then after we've gotten most of the stuff that comes out of the top, then we move it over to our drain rack in which we drain everything using gravity down into a collection tank. Then we'll seal it up so that nothing leaks and it goes into the self-service yard and it will be available for parts. Once the cars are dry, they go out to the self-service yard. In a self-service yard, the cars are just sitting out there and you pay $2, go in the yard, you go inside with your tools, and then you can pull parts off of any car that's in there, take them to the front desk, pay for them, and they're yours. It's a really good way of finding cheap parts for your car, especially if you have the kind of car where they don't make reproduction parts and you can't find them anywhere else. So as you see on this Firebird, it's ready for part consumption. We put it elevated off the ground on stands so people can have access to it. So all the stands, you guys make them out of scrap wheels, right? Yes. And they're solid and 
keep everything up, which is nice. Even though the car's been through the self-service yard, there's still valuable parts and metals that can be pulled off and recycled separately. In order to do this, they bring out the big guns. An excavator fitted with a shear. This is a weird car, but it's what's here, and we're gonna smash it. So as you see, there's all kinds of different materials that are inside this that we're gonna go ahead and extract and resell as scrap metal. So what happens to this now? So after we've finished our manual label part of it of pulling all the wire out and pulling all the different materials out, we're gonna go ahead and put it in our car flattener. It's called a crusher and we're gonna crush it and make it about well, 12 inches high. So you ready for that? I'm ready, I like pancakes. This probably should have been a roadkill because this kind of destruction is more up their alley than mine, but um, I kind of want to see it again. <laughs> we just saw a Volvo get made into a Chevy Astro van. Um, they are one now, and they're going to go from here to a completely different site for the final process of automotive recycling. What is that? That's a, a machine called a shredder. It's a giant machine that has these turning blades, and the cars get thrown into it, and it grinds them up and then spits out all the whatever's left off to the sides and you see different materials from the left to the right to the middle. It's an interesting process and that will get turned into new material again. I learned a lot and I got to see some stuff smashed, which is basically what I want out of life. So thank you very <laughs> much, Andy. Thank you, anytime. Tonight on Nostalgic Cars and Radios, it's... No, it's Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Oh yeah, that's right. Hey, it's uh, Chad McQueen up here at Rensport, and I am talking to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Have a good day. Peace. Okay, listeners, welcome. You are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios. Don't forget to go to our Facebook page, like us on Facebook, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and Gulfstream Motorsports. And, Bobby, good evening. Did I forget something? No, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's about all I can say. Oh, yeah, no, we need to work on that. We haven't done much with that. But uh, do it anyway. <laughs> do it anyway. Okay, yeah. Uh, what else did I forget? Oh, yeah, hey, if you missed any of our past shows, don't forget to check out our podcast, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, for all 271, 272, somewhere around in there. And shows. counting. And counting, yes. Well, anyway, hey, welcome to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And I got some friends of mine from Deutschland with us today. They're uh, actually it's my long lost buddy from uh, Berlin, the Reichshauptstadt von Deutschland. Das versteht ja keiner. Thomas, du kannst dich uh, am Mikrofon da stellen, wenn du willst, und kannst was sagen. Oh, yeah, I need to say that in English because uh, my listeners are American. But anyway, so Thomas is uh, a good friend of mine. We met probably, geez, over 25 years ago. And Thomas and I go way back because um, Thomas is into not only vintage cars, but mainly motorcycles. Right, Thomas? That's right. But I've had a very worse accident. I was three months unconscious, couldn't drive anymore. So concentration is not as good as it should be. But, but you still get around. I still get around. Still alive. Still alive and still get around. But anyway, so Thomas has had a number of classic and vintage motorcycles over the years. Tell us about some of the motorcycles you've had. One is a 1937 uh, Harley Knucklehead. Mm -hmm. It's in pretty good running shape. Pretty good running shape. Yeah. Is that the one that you and I bought like 20 years ago? That's the same Harley? The same one. The same one. You still have that. See. Si. That's good. Okay. How about the BMW? Um, it was a six, 500, 650 or something like that? We bought a vintage BMW motorcycle one time. It's sold. You sold that one? Mm -hmm. Okay. What else do you have? 
How about the Harley with the side shifter? I still have it. You still have that one? Uh-huh. He has a Harley. Let's see, what year is that? Um, 48. 48 with a su- suicide shifter. Right. And I'll never forget this because we bought this thing somewhere in Sanford. It was like in the middle of the night up in some really kind of far out neighborhood. And uh, so we put it in, we had an Astro van at the time, and we dragged it back from Sanford and. We took it over to Neil at Manor Cycle over here off of Myrtle Avenue, and Neil got it running, and then Thomas just jumped on it like he'd done it all his life and took off and side-shifted and did an amazing job. I, I was scared to death to drive a thing. Yeah, but uh, till my accident on nine, 1999, yeah. I never have driven that bike. You haven't driven that bike? No. No. Okay, now you have your lovely... Should I say bride, girlfriend with you today? Yeah. Elke? Elke, you want to say hello? Can you speak English? Hello. Oh, uh, English is very schlecht. Sehr schlecht. Yeah. She can, uh, you can say hello. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I'll say, I'll ask you in German, and then you can and answer it, and then I'll translate it. So, was hast was, du von USA? Bist du schon öfters hier gewesen, oder? Ja, ich war schon dreimal. Dreimal, okay, this is, her, this is her third time. Und... Where in Ka- wo in USA warst du schon? In uh, Florida und in Kalifornien und jetzt noch mal hier Florida. Okay, so Florida one time, twice now. This is your second time and then one time in California. Yeah. Und was gefällt dir besser, US, uh, Kalifornien oder Florida? Florida. Florida. <laughs> Florida. <laughs> no, no, kannst du Kalifornien sein, schon? Florida? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Monterey. All right, how about you, Thomas? What do you like? I know you speak English, so I can speak yeah, English. But I prefer Monterey. Monterey. Okay, that's what he sees. He's a man after my heart. Monterey, California. So you can't uh, can't change that. What do you think, Bobby? Uh, sorry, I was listening to the computer here. You're listening to the <laughs> oh, we're talking about California, Florida. What do you like better? I, I was. Oh, you've been both. You ain't gonna hurt my feelings. I don't think you're gonna hurt our well, listeners. Well, you feelings. know, it really depends on where you are. Northern California. There's some wacky areas in both states, but <laughs> that's true too. That's true too. No, actually, I was just looking up your last uh, uh, German uh, conversation on the radio with our. Old friend, Alan. <laughs> oh, Alan. Well, you know, say, if anybody out there can speak German, they're welcome to call in for a second, and they can say Guten Tag, Guten Abend, Servus, and all the other good stuff. So, Thomas, what do you? What about cars? You've had some pretty cool cars. Name it, tell us. You had a Shelby once, right? Yeah, but uh, it's a long time ago. Long time ago? Well, see, this is nostalgic radio and cars. We talk about old things. We don't yeah. talk about new things. Nobody cares about that. What about Porsches? Did you have an older Porsche at one time, an old 911? Uh, but it's not really old. It's uh, made uh, 2004. Okay, but didn't you have a ni- like a 90s model one time? But long ago. Long ago? Okay, mm. how about uh, a 60s model Porsche? Did you have a 60s model? I, n- I never had one. Never had one? Okay, no. but, so what's the oldest vehicle you've ever had? Was ist das älteste Auto? Mot- Auto oder Motorrad? Wow. The 37 Nuck? Is that the oldest? It's the oldest. So That's the, the oldest? Is oldest. From the cars, it was a uh, Fiat uh, 850 cubic centimeters. Eight. A very, very small engine. Very, very small. 850. Oh, was yeah. it a, a little uh, sport coupe or was yeah. it a cabriolet? No, no, it's a little sport coupe. Okay, well, those are those are Schammlungstücke now. Those yeah. are collectibles, yeah. Anyway, all right, so here's, uh, this is, uh, I want to thank my friend Thomas for hanging out with us for a few minutes and his lovely sweetheart, um, Edgar. Um, this past weekend, what did we do, Bobby? We went to the Southeast Street Rod Nationals, right? How are we doing on time? We're doing pretty good. Okay. Um, so we were with the Street Rod Nationals. Of course, last week we had our good friend Jim Rowlett on the show. He is the marketing director for the NSRA, which is National Street Rod Association. And then we had our good buddy Jeff, Jeff Icy, or Ice Ice Jeffy with us because we were working the show 
We went to the karting place first, right, Bobby? Went to uh, Tampa Yeah, Bay. we did. Tampa Bay Grand Prix. We went to the Carts and Coffee, okay? And we hung out there for a while, and we met some new friends. And we were we were presenting our app, the new Speed Culture app. Be sure to check out the website, speedcultureapp.com. Yes, and if you were at the Street Ride Nationals, you could have saw you could have came up and visited us at our lovely little tent. Yeah, before and after the rain, before right? Before and after the rain. And, yeah. and during the rain, if you wanted to stay out of it. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. We did pretty good there. In fact, we met a new friend. We met uh, Steve Hurley and uh, from Stingray Chevrolet. So, uh, big shout-out to Steve Hurley. Uh, don't forget, today is, technically, Rib Shack Tuesday. So, if you want some really groovy barbecue, don't forget to check out our friends at Rib Shack Barbecue, 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. And our good friends over there at Belladora's Pizza. In fact, Timmy and... Uh, the rest of the gang over there, we're talking about having a possible car show there. So we might do a pizza and cars. What do you think about that? Oh, that's a new one. You like that one, pizza <laughs> and cars? Like okay. And uh, so give us our good buddies over there, Belladora's Pizza, 727-501. No, wait a minute. There's a 727-585-581-5000, right? 727-581-5000. That's it. Um, i got to learn to read my writing. It's so bad. Anyway, what's coming up this weekend? Obviously, tomorrow is... No, when? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thursday, sound effects, Bobby. Keep it going. Come on, we need some more. Um, we got uh, Thursday is Quaker Steak and Lube. Saturday, Friday is uh, Biff Burger, and Saturday morning is a Dupont Registry Cars and Coffee. And then right after that, we got to rush over to Lake Mirror for the Lake Mirror Classic in uh, Lakeland for the big concourse and the downtown car show. So uh, if you want to know about all these events, be sure and check out not only our website, which is under construction at the moment, so you're going to have to go to speedcultureapp.com and check out the events calendar, and you're going to find out. You know, it's amazing. There's about 700 shows between now and the end of next month. 700 auto shows. Zwischen für über die nächsten zwei Monate auf dem ganz Südosten. Here I am. I'm just, see, here's the thing: When you speak two languages, you know you slide in and out of them all the time. So, <laughs> and you guys don't realize it because you probably only understand English. And but those of us that speak two languages, it's kind of like really weird. We just kind of like in 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 mitten der Satz, we start talking in 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 Ausländische Sprachen, yeah? yeah. But is this in a foreign language? It's <laughs> just a foreign language. And uh, go ahead. You want yeah. to say something? So? Yeah, we wouldn't get here, Blyden. You would like to stay here. Okay. Well, you're leaving this week, right? This, yeah. uh, this is your last week. But you did get to go to a couple car shows. You went to yeah. Biff Burger. And, yeah. So what do you think of our car shows here? I like it. You like your car shows? How about you? Okay, you like the car shows? Say yes, yes, yes. I yes, like so. yes, I like. See, okay, good. <laughs> Everybody likes car shows. Yeah. But anyway, go visit speedcultureapp.com. You can find out about all the events. Bobby, what are we doing here? How are we doing time-wise? We're doing okay? Yeah, we got some blues here on the turntable. You got some blues on the turntable. Okay, hey, we got a very special guest coming on. Alumni guest coming on in a few minutes. So I think we're going to play blues for a change. And uh, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. We're going to take a, a music break, a commercial break. And we're going to come right back. I'm going to jibber-jabber a little bit. And then we're going to bring our guest on. So, hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. <laughs>
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make their bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hi, this is Vic Elford, probably best known as being an original rally driver and one of the first to actually tame the Porsche 917. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back. New tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And um, Bobby, the phone rang. Who was on the phone? Is that one of our favorite callers? Our favorite caller. <laughs> Did I confuse him tonight because I spoke German? He wanted to tell us about a, a pie. There's a pie festival at the Largo Cultural Center, just in case we want. When is to. that? Uh, this weekend, I believe, he said. Oh, really? If, if, if I'm wrong, he'll call back. But okay. <laughs> Hey, Radio Rob, if there's an Oktoberfest someplace between now and Friday, let us know. Uh, you... In Indian Rocks Beach sometime this month. <laughs> Is it? Okay, yeah, because we'll want to go down there and have some Knackwurst and beer and sauerkraut. So that's, we have to have a German, an, an original German Essen, as we say in German. Okay, so, uh, Bobby, do you want to go ahead and sound off the uh, social media thing for everything and everybody? For us, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, you can like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and obviously check out the podcast for Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And then um, for Speed Culture app, you can like us on, like them on Facebook, like us on Facebook, I guess you could say. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Speed Culture app and on Instagram at Speed Culture app. Okay, so and we check will check it out. Right, and we will be at uh, Cars and Coffee, Dupont Cars and Coffee, this Saturday, repping. And presenting the uh, Speed Culture app to uh, our new uh, prospective uh, users. It is a free app, I might add. It is available right now on Android. Completely it will free. Completely free. And it will be on uh, Apple probably in the next couple of weeks. And we are going to do the official launch at SEMA. Okay, so stop by and say hi to the guys. And then, or to the guys, us. You know, but anyway, and then uh, don't forget we'll be at Lake Mirror Classic, and that is an amazing car show. So in town, downtown, there's probably about three, four hundred cars, really cool stuff. And then out on the lake is where the concourse will take place, and they're going to have some surprises for everybody, some well-known celebrities there, yes, so and some amazing cars. So Thomas, you're going to go, you're going to go next door and get something to eat at Naughty Nancy's, okay? And then Elke, you're going to go with him to get mid him the man bus, okay? I want to thank my friends for sitting in with me for a few minutes. I've totally confused them. And uh, so Thomas, bis später, okay? Wir treffen uns, okay? And then Elke auch. And uh, Bobby, why don't you go ahead and call our guest? And then I think we've got another little tune we're going to play for you. And then we're going to bring our special guest on for the evening. Ning, 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 ning. What do we got? You can drop a needle in the groove here and play something really far out? No, not? Want me to keep blabbing? Just a second. I'm pretty good at that. I think I can come up with some stuff. Um, 
You know, the Street Rod Nationals always has a really uh, cool swap meet over there. And this time I ran into my buddy Jay. Jay's from South Florida. He's an old school hot rodder out of the 50s. And he always has some pretty amazing flathead Ford stuff, some old Hemi stuff. This time he had a complete Hillborn setup for a Hemi, like an old 392 or 354 or 351, whatever they were back in the day. He had some twins and trip setups, carburetor setups for some old flatheads, some uh, 249 Mercs and 230-something Fords. I gotta, I'm not really up on all the flathead stuff. He had some pretty cool stuff for some early 300-and-something cubic inch Cadillacs. You know, if it gets in the late 60s and 70s, and you know, when you get into 390s and you get into 472s and, and all that stuff and the 500 cubic inch engines, I'm pretty good on that. When you get some of the 50s, early 50s, late 50s stuff, that's a little confusing to me. I still have to kind of brush up on that. Of course, the sad part about it is, is since I was in the salvage yard business for so long, I forgot a lot of that stuff. So as I kind of get back into the groove a little bit, it kind of comes back to me. So where were we at, Bob? We got some uh, some blues, some, some more blues here. Cream. Uh, oh, cream. Yeah, we need a little uh, need a little clap. Then. Another serious car collector into Ferraris, I might add. Hey, you're tuned to Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't touch that dial. We will be right back with our special guest. I've been down since I began to crawl. Now if it wasn't a bad luck, I wouldn't have no luck at all. Troubles, my only friend. I've been down ever since I was ten. Born under a bad sign. I've been down since I began to crawl. If it wasn't a bad dog, I wouldn't have no luck at all. to crawl If it wasn't a bad luck I wouldn't have no luck at all He's just been signed by Ferrari. This is nobody. Look at the way he's driving like an old man. Right now, with zero incentive, why would I drive fast? Because I'm asking you to. This is an incredible battle between these two great drivers. Next time, I'll have you. No chance. You're just a party guy. That's why everybody likes you. Yes, I know, I'm terrible. No, you're not terrible. You're just who you are at this point in your life. To be a champion, it takes more than just being quick. You have to really believe it. I've been waiting for this my whole life. I can beat this guy, trust me. He's consistent, dependable. Will he put his life on the line the day that really matters? Welcome to the racing drugs match of the decade.
world champion Nicky Lauda, trapped in a searing inferno of 800 plus degrees. Talk to me, James. Don't go to men who are willing to kill themselves driving in circles looking for normality. What did your wife say when she saw your face? She said, you don't need a face to drive, you just need the right foot. I feel responsible for what happened. Watching you win those races while I was fighting for my life, you were equally responsible for getting me back in the car. Yeah. 42 days after his near-fatal accident, Nicky Lauda will race here today. More powerful than the fear of death is the will to win. Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. This gentleman that's coming on is an alumni. He's been on our show a number of times, and in my opinion, he's probably one of the best motorsports color commentator and journalists on TV, on radio, just really professional all the way is the only way to describe this gentleman. And you probably best recognize him from if you've watched uh, some of the F1 commentating and uh, probably Barrett Jackson because he was on there for a number of years. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this afternoon, Bob Varsha. Bob, are you there? I am, Robert. Good to be back with you. How are you? Well, I just had the opportunity of seeing you for a few minutes because I know you were real busy. You were out at Rensport. Yes, I was. It was great to be at Rensport 5. We did a show that's going to air on Fox Sports 1, I believe, on uh, Halloween night, October 31st. We just voiced the final cut this morning, and, uh, and it's a good show. Well, tell us about uh, what you what have you been up to. I mean, in the last year or so, you've been kind of doing a, a number of different things. So uh, why don't you bring our listeners up to speed? Well, there have been changing times that, uh, at Fox Sports. As you know, Formula One left and went to NBC, and uh, Barrett Jackson left to go to the Discovery Network. So my portfolio got shifted around, if you will. I spend my time now with IMSA covering the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge and what was the Tudor, now the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Also, uh, Formula E, which I'm pretty excited about, and MotoGP, which, uh, as you know, is, is absolutely fantastic racing. So uh, that and a few more things thrown in, like the Monterey Motorsports Reunion, like Rensport, when it turns up every four or five years. It's, um, it's, a, it's a pretty varied lifestyle, different from what I was doing previously, but that's okay, and, and I love what I'm doing. Well, you're certainly very professional at it, and you've got an amazing background with motorsport. And, uh, you know, you. Uh, it was really good to see you again. I had to see you to probably... Almost a year, you know. So, uh, but tell us about uh, you were at, you covered motor, uh, the Relux Monterey Historic. So, tell us a little bit about that when you were out there. Well, that's a part of what we call Car Week in August on the Monterey Peninsula. In addition to uh, the vintage event at Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca, which this year was 550 absolutely fabulous cars, <laughs> quite simply from the sublime to the ridiculous, old uh, you know, Tarufi era. Grand Prix cars all the way up through home built and Trans Am and sports cars and Can Am and, and on and on and on. Just an, an amazing array of vehicles. It's a real uh, bucket list thing for any true fan of motorsports. But having said that, it's just one of many huge events going on during Car Week, which also includes, oh Lord, all sorts of car club and hobbyist gatherings, six or seven major uh, auctions, collectible car auctions, including. 
the big show at Pebble Beach, uh, various Concord Elegance ending with the big one on the Sunday uh, out in Pebble Beach. And um, it's just all day, every day. Uh, if you want to spend a ton of money, you can certainly do that. If you want to go to a whole bunch of events and spend no money, you can do that as well with events like the free Concord on the Avenue in Carmel-by-the-Sea and the uh, and the Concord in Pacific Grove. Um, it, it's just a wonderful way to spend a week if you are into cars. When you uh, when you do the um, uh, the uh, the Rensport deal, give uh-huh. us give us kind of a comparison there because they were a month apart and the Rensport was strictly Porsche and right. Monterey. Now let's just talk strictly about the event at Laguna Seca, okay? So give okay. us give us your feedback on on both events. Well, the Monterey Vintage Reunion is is exactly what I said. It just has this huge spectrum of vehicles and eras and so forth. Whereas the Rensport Reunion happens only once every four or five years. There have only been five of these events since the first one at Lime Rock Park in Connecticut in 2001. And it, as you say, is purely Porsche-oriented. And the factory in Stuttgart gets behind it, and they send over a couple of plane loads of of priceless Porsche race cars. Um, all, All the major Porsche collections from people like Ingram in North Carolina and Jerry Seinfeld out in California and Bruce Canepa in Scotts Valley, California, and the Revs Institute, the Collier Museum down in Naples, Florida, turn out all these fabulous, one-of-a-kind or or certainly historically significant Porsches. I think we had over 1,400 cars, uh, including hundreds of factory vehicles that won major races around the world, and, and that's a part of the show. The other part, of course, is about 60 of Porsche's legendary drivers, guys like Derek Bell and Vic Elford and, and Bernd Chupin, and on and on and on. And these guys were all there, all mingling with the crowds. They do autograph sessions. Uh, they have uh, racing, well, not really racing groups. Nobody races these cars hard because they're so incredibly valuable, but they get them out there on track doing what they were meant to do, going fast. And this year they brought over examples of their winning Porsche race cars from the 24 Hours of Le Mans, including one of the 919 hybrid and one of the uh, 911 RSR uh, GT Pro class cars. And they did demonstration laps, and they were absolutely fabulous to behold. Uh, and you're going to be seeing a lot about it uh, in the future because Jeff Zwart, who's not only a, a terrific racing driver and author and photographer in his own right, is also an award-winning film and video director, and he was there with this one-of-a-kind camera car built on a Porsche uh, Panamera uh, vehicle, all painted in matte black with all these little bulges and windows and this huge 15- or 20-foot, what we call a jib, with an enormous TV camera on the end of it. This thing was going around doing laps and taking pictures of everything, and amazingly enough, this car, as top-heavy as it is, Jeff said they had to do no adjustments to the suspensions at all, and they can run this thing almost at the racing pace of the cars on track. So it was it was great to watch that as well. And you'll see all of this in our show, which is supported by Porsche, of course, and Michelin and some other sponsors, uh, come October 31st. Interesting. Tell us a little bit about more, more about the show, and then I'm going to go back and I want to uh, talk a little bit more about that uh, camera car, because I saw that running around the track, especially mm-hmm. on... Was it third Friday? What whatever the, what was the day they had the concourse out on the on the on the um, on the concourse the, was on Saturday. Was well, Saturday? Okay. So tell us about your show. 
Well, you know, as, as is typical of these sorts of events, a, a one-hour show on television barely scratches the surface. But Justin Bell and I, and Justin, of course, himself as a decorated Porsche driver, um, you know, we milled around the property. We went in there with an idea of a few different types of stories we'd like to do. You know, we showed the, the race cars, and we spoke with some of the legendary drivers who were there. But we also spoke with, you know, some of the rank-and-file Porsche enthusiasts from around the world, literally. We had a short feature on four Australian gentlemen, for example, who all have unique Porsche race cars. They brought them to Monterey because they absolutely wanted to run, first of all, the racetrack, uh, and secondly, they wanted to be a part of this huge Porsche event. So they came over with, and this is the part that killed me, 200 of their fellow Australians bought plane tickets and came on over for a vacation in, in Northern California uh, to watch their fellow Aussies go around in these cars, one of which fascinated me. It was the one and only, they tell me, factory-built Porsche 911 RSR right-hand drive vehicle. Apparently, it was such a pain in the butt to turn this thing to a right-hand drive race car that the factory said, okay, we built that one. We're not going to build any more. And that car was out there going around. And that's pretty much a, a good example of the kind of, of one-offs and rarities you see at an event like uh, like Porsche Rennsport. You uh, you had a chance to kind of wander in the heritage tent. Tell us about some I of the ca- tell us about some of the cars there, and then, and also let's talk about some of the people you interviewed as well. But tell us about some of the cars that really you found outstanding. Oh, the car the cars were just amazing from the earliest days of Porsche, the the Gumun Special that had their earliest success as a GT car at Le Mans well back in the day. Uh, all the way through the the latest iteration. And along the way, of course, Porsche has dabbled in so many things. Rally cars, uh, Pikes Peak, where Jeff Swart is a standout driving Porsche race cars. The the late lamented Porsche Indy car was out there, um, as well as a whole bunch of 962s and 935s and 906s and 908s and 914s and, and on and on and on. Uh, and, you know, the best part was seeing guys like Brian Redman and uh, Hans Stuck and Jochen Maas standing by them and, and sharing their stories with the fans. And I saw a guy like Jochen Maas talking to a little boy who was just absolutely starry-eyed. I'm sure he had no idea who Jochen Maas was, but here was this great big roly-poly gentleman with a big smile and the funny accent uh, talking about how he drove that race car the little boy was fascinated by and those are the kind of events you see at Porsche. It is a very low-key, um, family-oriented event. They had a little area for kids to drive Porsche pedal cars. They had, believe it or not, a 911, uh, and putting a whole different spin on the word hybrid. It was a half-legitimate 911. The other half of it was built out of, believe it or not, Lego bits, hundreds of thousands of Lego bits building half of a Porsche 911. It was, it was pretty special. So, you know, it's what the military would call a target-rich environment when it comes to storytelling. And uh, we had to pick and choose. You know, we shot all kinds of footage. And sadly, I mean, we could do a week's worth of one-hour shows, but we wound up with one, and we'll have to be satisfied with that for now. Uh, did you get a chance? I'll tell you who I ran into. What was totally surprised is I ran into um, uh, Jackie X. Yes, Jackie Eakes came over. They've been trying to get him there for years. Jackie's a busy guy, uh, but he finally um, came over, uh, and I interviewed him, which was great to to, uh, to see him there, and youthful as ever, uh, and, and a very thoughtful interview 
that I'm afraid did not make the show, which is kind of unfortunate because Jackie had a lot of thoughts. And not having spoken with Jackie before face-to-face, I didn't realize what a, what a thoughtful guy he is. I mean, he obviously still keeps tabs on motorsports and has opinions about things. Um, you know, he is steeped in the lore, not only of Le Mans, but of marathon raid rallies. He won the Harry Dakar in a Porsche, um, you know, six victories at Le Mans, a victory as the team coordinator for Mazda, the, the only Japanese brand to win the overall at Le Mans. Uh, so it was great to talk with him uh, and some of the old engineers. They brought over retired engineers like Dr. Norbert Singer, Singer right. part of so many great Porsche projects, and he was another terrific interview. And Porsche's outgoing president and CEO, Detlef von Platten, who uh, it's now been announced is going to go back to Germany and join Porsche's board of directors. Um, and his replacement has been named, and for the life of me, I'm drawing a complete blank on who he is, but I'm sure we'll be talking with him sometime soon. Um, so it, it was that kind of event, uh, very much like the uh, Rolex Monterey Motorsports reunion, just dedicated solely and completely to the Porsche brand. Did you, um, somebody said Hans Hermann was there. Did you get a chance to see him? Was he there? Uh, I can't confirm that, but I saw the same information, yeah, that he was there. But, you know, I tell you what, there were so many people uh, that even wound up in our show, but I wasn't with the crews that interviewed them, um, including, you know, television colleagues like uh, Tommy Kendall uh, and friends from right here in my hometown of Atlanta, like David Murray. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. Just everywhere you turned, you could uh, see somebody that you knew or knew about uh, if you're any kind of a Porsche fan. Did you get and, a chance uh, Did you get a chance to interview uh, Hurley Haywood? I did. Of course, I speak with Hurley a lot since we see him at the racetrack so often. I particularly wanted to ask Hurley about the legacy uh, that is Rensport. It was originally conceived by... The late Bob Carlson, who was the uh, PR and communications officer for Porsche Cars North America back in around the year 1999. And Bob was talking with Brian Redmond, and they were at some event, and they, they got to talking about the passion that Porsche fans have for the brand. And that's where the idea was born, to bring together Porsche people and Porsche cars from all over the world, and they got the support of the factory um, and so the first event they did at Lime Rock was a huge success. Then they did a couple of them at Daytona, and this is the second one at Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca. So this was Rensport Reunion 5, and hopefully it won't be another four years before we see Reunion 6. What do you think the chances are of them going back to Daytona? Because they were at Daytona, I think, 2007, 2006, is that somewhere around in there? Yeah, in the in the mid-2000s. Um, I don't know. Um, frankly, I, I love the California location. You know, Daytona International Speedway is a wonder to behold now that they've spent $400 million on the Daytona Rising project. Maybe that will affect the kind of events they put there, but as, as impressive and as historical as Daytona International Speedway is, it's really, you know, it's not a traditional natural terrain road course, which I think is what Rensport really needs. And because a place like Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca has such an attraction, for example, those Australians that I mentioned, they said that, you know, we're Porsche files, but we absolutely wanted to drive Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca, uh, one of the world's most famous natural terrain road courses, that it just made sense to do it there. But who knows what the future holds? 
Um, life is always interesting out there in Monterey when it comes to trying to run a racetrack in a county park uh, and having to struggle to provide the sort of spectator and competitor amenities that are becoming de rigueur in, in, in facilities around the country. I mean, you don't need to do what they've done down in Daytona, but um, you certainly need to provide the sort of amenities that we see in other sports like baseball and football and so on. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Rensport is, is too big, I guess, to go to Lime Rock once again. You want a warm weather location. You want a destination location where perhaps somebody's significant other or family members can do something other than go out and kick tires and, and talk to Porsche people or go to races or whatever else might be happening. Um, Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas would certainly be a possibility. It's got a lot of space. Um, but, you know, that's not for me to decide, and we'll just have to wait and see how things turn out. Um, talking about Daytona now, um, mm-hmm. are you are, you're you're probably familiar with HSR, which is Historic Sports Car Racing, and they're I doing the the twenty four hour classic is coming. I think it's next month, and yep. uh, will you be able to come down and cover that? I don't know, to be quite honest. Uh, I've got uh, I've got events going through into December, but. Uh, you know, my schedule tends to be dictated by, by whatever's going on on television. If we're not doing a production, uh, even if I don't have something else going on, it's probably unlikely that I would be down there. Okay. But, um, you never know. Well, you the, never know. the 24-hour classic, which uh, for our listeners, and I, may, I talk about this all the time, is uh, uh-huh. or the events that uh, you know that I participate, particularly because I love vintage racing. And sure. uh, every two years at Le Mans, they have the 24-hour classic. Right. And that last year was the first year they brought it to the United States, and it went over so well that mm-hmm. they said, well, we're not going to wait one more year. We're going to do it again this year. And I don't know if you had a chance to look at the roster of cars that are coming over here. I mean, we're talking, again, the same caliber of cars, world-class cars, world-class winning cars like showed up at Rensport, you know, Porsche cars. You have right. Lola's, GT's. You have, I mean, just some in Ferrari. You have some amazing cars that are going to show up for this event. In fact, Dave Hinton, who's president of HSR, a good friend of mine right here in Clearwater, is mm-hmm. he's 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 flabbergasted himself. <laughs> well, that's a good thing, you know. As you well know, racing's health reflects that of the economy. Uh, and you know, if the economy's good and people are feeling good about themselves, and they want to take these cars if they're lucky enough to own them and take them out there and, and turn them loose doing what they were designed to do, then more power to them. I'd really like to see more vintage and historic events on television if the support can be found for it. But in many ways, vintage racing is a bit of a cottage industry. You know, you don't have a lot of major manufacturers getting behind it, um, but maybe they could be convinced to do so. And, you know, I love historic racetracks, and I certainly love historic race cars. So to actually stand next to you know, a uh, 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 1930s-era Grand Prix car or to stand next to the actual car that a Michael Schumacher or uh, or, uh, or uh, Alain Prost or uh, Derek Bell or a Jackie Eakes or somebody drove to do the amazing things they did, um, you know, that, that holds a special meaning to me, and I'm sure to you, too, just to see this, this is the car. In many cases, you know, the drivers like Tazio Nuvolari, John Shirley, ex uh, top executive at Microsoft, has uh, an ex um, Tazio Nuvolari Grand Prix car. 
You know, new Valari is long gone, but there is the car in all of its primitive technical splendor. And to me, that's just, uh, you know, that, that's, that's kind of knee-shaking stuff to, to see a piece of machinery like that. Well, for me, it was uh, a, just an uh, overwhelming experience because all the cars that were in the um, Heritage Park at uh, the tent there at, at Rensport, right. I've been going to Sebring and Daytona since the 70s, mid-70s, and to see the Danny Angaya's car, the 59 car, you know, the, the Bayside Disposal mm-hmm. car, all those cars, the 935s, which were really impressive in the late 70s, the 962s, yep. the, the 936s, the 956s, and the fact that, you know, like, for example, you're talking about Norbert Singer there. Well, also, Alwyn Springer from Andel, he was there. Dennis yep. Ozzie was walking around. I mean, the people that I remember just reading about and seeing back in the day, and here they are, sure. it, was, it was incredible. Yeah, it, it really is. And so I'm, I'm grateful to Porsche for doing that. I'm grateful to the folks who put together the, the Motorsports Reunion and all the vintage affairs, whether it's the MIDI up at Road Atlanta here in Atlanta or, you know, wherever HSR goes uh, and puts on these shows. I mean, go out and look at these cars, and, and you'll really gain a new respect for what the engineers did in creating them back in the day and, and certainly what the brave drivers did who, who took them to the limit. Well, especially when you talk about, when they tell you the stories, like Derek Bell and some of those guys, and Vic Elford, quick Vic, when they talk about this, the the Mulsanne straight and how those cars were just, you know, they were so, and Brian Redman, they were so daring and so committed, even though they knew uh-huh. the cars were just incredibly dangerous, sure. to get 240 miles an hour down the Mulsanne straight, and then you had to make that hard right. Yeah, back before they shaved the hill down, you had the kink, and you had the rise, the, the little hill. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, if you just if you read uh, you know Racing in the Rain, not the Garth Stein book, but um, John Hausman's book about he was the chief engineer for John Wire Automotive and the Gulf Porsches and the Gulf Mirages and the Gulf GT40s, and he talks about the problems they had getting the bugs out of those cars. I mean, Derek Bell tells a story about early in his career, and he was asked to come test the the 917, and he was speaking with his friend Joe Sifford. Sifford said, don't you dare go test that car. Let somebody else test it, because it's a dangerous race car. They've got to get it <clears throat> excuse me, fixed before you get in that car. I mean, those histories are out there, and um, you know, that, that, that was just the way it was, as Derek would be the first to tell you. You know, we just didn't know any better. You wanted your place in the team. You were under pressure, so you went out and did things that you know, that, that still boggled the mind. As you say, going 240 miles an hour at night in the rain on the old Mulsanne straightaway with cars all around you, I mean, that's that's pretty hairy-chested stuff. <laughs> well, now, you, you mentioned something about, you know, if there was more televised uh, programs on vintage cars, mm-hmm. vintage racing. Yeah. What are some of your thoughts? What do you think they should do? How should it be approached, and, and how do you think it should be that, that, that we could possibly achieve that? Well, you know, it all goes back to money, sad to say, but, but it's the truth. Uh, you know, back in my ESPN days when I covered alpine ski racing, for example, uh, it never did very well in the ratings, and it was a very difficult show to do, and eventually we stopped doing them because we did not have the financial support from the industry, the people who make the equipment, the people who run the resorts, that sort of thing. Uh, so eventually, if it's not a winning proposition from a business perspective, well, you're just not going to do it. So somehow a package would have to be put together that provides the uh, the financial support for the for the money that's needed to go out and and you know lay all that cable and set up all the cameras and and do the the edit time and the audio sweetening and all the things that 
go into putting a TV show together. Uh, and that you know starts at the at the very basic level with finding sponsorship for these for these shows. Your show that you're working on is this kind of like a pilot show that you're doing? Is that what this is? <clears throat> well, it's basically a, a one-off. We have actually done a series of these shows, the Rent Sport shows. I assume you're talking about. Yeah, uh, we have done them for. I don't know if we did one every year. Maybe we have for all five iterations. I wasn't involved in all of them. I've only been to three Ren Sport reunions. Uh, but we've done shows on each occasion. Um, but then again, we have a, a close relationship with Porsche as a sponsor for our our you know year-long coverage of sports car racing, whether it's the Tudor Series or the World Endurance Championship, including the 24 Hours of Le Mans, and the list goes on and on. So... Porsche wanted a show done, and they were willing to write the check. So, uh, you know, off we went with our little gypsy caravan. And it, it doesn't really take all that much, I would have to say. But um, it, it, it sure is a lot of fun, and I'm grateful for the opportunity. And, and I don't see why, if we can do something like Ren Sport or like the Motorsports Reunion, uh, we couldn't do it for, for vintage racing, at least the big events. Interesting. Now, do you get to do a lot more traveling now? I mean, do you get a chance to go overseas? Uh, no, we don't go overseas anymore. You'd be amazed how much television gets done from from studios calling remotely. Uh, we used to do that, well, with Formula One back at ESPN and then with Speed Vision and Speed Channel. And NBC does it that way now with the exception of Monaco and the U.S. Grand Prix in Austin. We used to go to those events as well, but all the rest they cover from a studio. Um, that's the way we do Formula E, that's the way we do MotoGP, that's the way we do the World Endurance Championship, and that's the way we did Le Mans this year. Um, and other networks do things like some events in the Olympics, um, some college sports. You know, it's, it, the business model can't be beaten. It's so much less expensive to do it that way. But having said that, uh, I do travel domestically now. Uh, and I go to all of the uh, all of the sports car events that I cover, and again the MotoGP when they're here in the United States, which right now is only Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas anymore. Uh, Laguna Seca and Indy having gone away. Um, MotoGP meaning so, motorcycle racing, correct? Motorcycles, yeah, the, right. the the prototype motorcycle world championship. Mm -hmm. um, so I do get out to the racetracks, and I love it. You know, I I, I wish I could do more. I wish I could travel more because. I love that element of it. And frankly, I think you do a better television show and you get better information from people when you're actually on site and you're not relying on someone else's world feed camera coverage of the event. We've got a minute or two left here, um, or a minute. Um, but, uh, so let's say, are you doing any um, uh, writing? I mean, uh, writing in terms of journalists? reporting right now, or are you just doing strictly the, um, the, the covering the races? No, I um, I do some writing. Uh, well, I do I do race reports and analysis of okay. Formula One for the Ferrari Market Letter magazine. Oh, um, and I and I doodle notes here and there. Uh, I'm thinking about a book project, but we'll have to see where that goes. See how much of my own career I can remember. <laughs> uh, I lost a lot of records in a house fire many years ago, and that kind of kind of. Um, robbed me of a lot of my uh, mementos of, uh, of the early parts of my career, but uh, I'm still thinking about that, and 
there may be another opportunity to write something of longer length okay. in the future, but we'll just have to see. All right. Well, Bob, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show. I look forward to seeing some of the other events. I want to thank my special guest this evening, Bob Varsha. Bob, you got a Facebook page. I can find you on Facebook, right, if anybody wants to follow you a little bit? Absolutely, yep. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter several times a day, in fact, which is a habit I've got to try to control if I can. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I'm out there. Okay, super. Hey, Bob, take care. Thanks a lot. Hey, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Be sure and tune in to our show every Tuesday night for 7 and 8 p.m. 7 to 8 p.m. The, get it right. Uh, for the most fascinating and legendary names in motorsports, don't forget to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com and Nostalgic Radio and Cars and Speed Culture app. Don't forget to like us. Check out our oh, wait a minute. Go ahead and follow us. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, love your family, and we'll see you at some of the races. mean to be telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. It broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDTF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. You dumb cracker. Bring on you out.